Welcome to the Van Man Podcast. My name is Sam and I am the Van Man. I believe in living a full life and I know that I do that pretty differently than most people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm right or they're wrong. So I invite interesting people into my van to talk about their passions, their side projects, their gigs, just so that I can learn a little bit more about how I can live my life to an even fuller extent. Today, my guest is Taylor Dalton, or TD Cameraman, and Taylor is one of my best friends. He was the very first episode of the podcast, so I'm excited to have him back on to talk about the adventures he had during the summer, taking pictures of rafters and kayakers, and then also almost dying working for Columbia, and some of the crazy things that he's done. He also gives some great advice on photography and content creation that hopefully other people find interesting as well. I won't spoil too much of the episode, and I am really excited to get into it, so let's dive right in. TD Cameraman, how you doing, man? I'm so good, <laughs> Sam. Good to see you. Episode two, Taylor! <laughs> this is so exciting. How was your summer? Oh, man. It was incredible. Um, probably my favorite summer of my life so far, to be honest. Why? Can you um, tell everybody? What did you do? So I was living in Jackson Hole represent for those listening can't see my jacket but i'm wearing a jackson hole sweatshirt um i went up there to take photos of whitewater rafting on the snake river which amazing job it was so fun um very long hours and yeah it was uh it was cool so basically every day i'd go out on the river kayak across the river to this little rock we call kahuna rocks right by one of the big rapids on the snake river on the whitewater section and I'd sit out there all day. I'd take pictures of every single boat that came down that river over the rapids. And we just sell them to everybody. So You take photos up from the exact same spot. Exact same spot every, every day. So pretty monotonous. And just very repetitive, like, same process every day, essentially. Did you uh, get sick of that? A little bit. But it's it, you kind of just turn into, like... I mean, it's just like any other form of work. You just get in like this right. process where you just just work. Like, and for work, it's pretty nice. I get to sit on the Snake River, and take beautiful photos. scenery. Yeah. I got a camera in my hand. I'm getting paid for it. I love any job like that. So, over the course of the summer, did you get like more and more settled into that spot? Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. Then you have a chair. Then you got a tent out there. Yeah, no, we uh, and like I started taking out like a stove out there so I could like <laughs> cook my lunch so it'd have hot lunch rather than just like a cold sandwich. Yeah, um, that's the other interesting thing. Like once I'm out there, I'm stuck out there. So like, uh, I'm there for twelve hours a day or eleven hours, however oh, long yeah. the days are. Depends on how busy the season is. But like, I can't go to the gas station to get a snack or. Anything like that, so I have to prep beforehand, uh, which oh, is interesting. But I kind of I'm very much a like a habitual eater, like and especially yeah. out of boredom. Yeah. So like a lot of the time, I'm sitting on the rock editing photos, and there's not boats coming down. So I like would just snack on things, snacks out there. And uh, by the end, I learned that I could limit myself on that a lot. Yeah, so I actually, I actually lost a little bit of weight when I lived in Jackson. Funnily Good enough, for you. I think because of that. So <laughs> probably also I mean, probably because I was very active lifestyle. I was hiking yeah. in the Tetons like every other day, essentially. So yeah, that was my next question. So you're doing photos all day, and mm-hmm. that's your full time job. Yeah. Um, like what was it like after hours like how much boom to my other full-time job of content creation (laughs) um so when i first moved to jackson it was like a little bit of a 
I don't want to say a shock. Like I felt comfortable in my new job, but um, it was taking a lot more time out of my day than I'd previously been like was being taken away. So mm-hmm. um, right before I moved out there, I was posting like a reel on social media every day or on Instagram every day and like a TikTok every day pretty much. And when I moved up there, like the first month, I totally stopped that. I might have posted one like every three or four days. Oh, wow. Um, just because I got so busy with work and I didn't know how to like manage both of them at the same time. Right. Obviously, as the summer went on, I got more comfortable and then I started posting more consistently after that. Getting which, back into the habit. Getting of it. in the groove. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, before we move off the topic of Jackson Hole, mm-hmm. what were your, like, favorite moments of being out in Jackson Hole for the whole summer? There's so many good ones. Um, oh, man, there's this photo that I have from Jackson Hole this summer where I was at this place called Blacktail Butte. And mm-hmm. lightning storm. Been on my bug list for ages to get a shot of the Tetons with lightning in it. I'm, like, obsessed with lightning. And, uh, and I... I was up there for probably 45 minutes trying to shoot this lightning storm and I got a shot with the freaking bolt of lightning right with the Tetons in it and and not only that but it was like right at sunset so the clouds were like orange man I love that photo that's really cool congrats that was a favorite moment for sure do you have a list of other I'm sure you have a list of like places you want to shoot and stuff but are there like two or three that are just eventually in my life this is the shoot that I have to get yeah, I think uh, maybe not specific places, but like, well, I guess they're pretty, like countries, but I don't have like a specific like trail necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but Iceland, I want to go to for sure. Uh, New Zealand, same thing. Italian Dolomites. And then the last one's probably Patagonia. So those four are like it's a good list. Top of my bucket list that Holy I have smokes. to go to. And if I can add a fifth, I know that's so many, but Norway. I got to get to Norway too. Oh, yeah. It looks incredible. Norway's gorgeous. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think list. I can accomplish those five I, in my lifetime. So. Yeah, I don't think I would have guessed to put Norway on the list with Patagonia and, mm. and you know, Iceland. Yeah. But it's a beautiful place. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, so along with adjusting to being in a different city, sure. you also were do- adjusting to van life. Yes, sir. We're van buddies now, <laughs> we're aren't van we? van buddies. <laughs> what was it like adjusting to that? Um... You know, honestly, it was a pretty, for me, it was a pretty smooth transition. Um, I attribute that a lot to the fact that I would consider myself a pretty low-maintenance person. Like, I I just don't care a lot about my living situation a lot of the time. Like, I'm very comfortable, like, sleeping in the dirt if I need to or whatever. Um, but, like, I have my full twin mattress. Not full. Full twin is, a, that's an oxymoron. I have a twin mattress in my van. Uh, that was just like the one I was sleeping on before. So it was like my bed was like the same, which is so nice. <laughs> um, I'd say the biggest thing is food. Like I didn't have a kitchen yeah. to cook in, um, which also like maybe one of my biggest regrets. I kind of wish I had like kind of built out a kitchen or something beforehand. I don't know, man. I have space for a kitchen. Like I have a stove. And you do not use it? Never use it. In fact, yeah. I'm switching over to like paper plates because I just I hate everything yeah, to do dishes? with dishes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Maybe. That that would be my thing if I could go back and change it. I'd okay. Microwave? Yes. I'm going to put in a microwave. That would be nice. That'd be just because everything, yeah. just to reheat anything, would be good. Even soup. Yeah. Like, I can't reheat soup. Yeah. <laughs> like not even that I eat. Yeah. That I just soup. I just anytime I wanted to heat something up, it'd be on my backpacking stove, which yeah. is like it works. But it works. It's just a pain. Yeah. 
you know it's just mm-hmm. nah. what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about getting into van life um so i think the mistake that i made was like i bought a van three days before i moved to jackson hole oh and <laughs> yeah didn't really put any time into like i don't know kind of making it a little bit more comfortable to live in necessarily I, it was pretty much just all my stuff in a bed right um so your advice would be to take a little time put something into it before you live in it i guess um because it's nice to have something that is prepared for that i think because that was the difference like because i lived in the bus like last summer before this one and that was like obviously we renovated that and it was meant to live out of and that was a different experience because you know it's just more laid out for living instead in. of throwing in your twin mattress in the back of an astro van and then yep. calling it good yeah <laughs> yeah what uh what changes have you made since then like what's the most recent change that you've done to your van to make um, it a little more so livable? i bought a, i got a few like uh new totes in my van to store stuff and then i also just got a uh new it's just like it's like five inches of memory foam that i'm gonna make into a bed oh, so i'm gonna make my bed skinnier and build a platform yeah. for my totes to go under so i can access it under my bed and that will save me a lot of room because i'm gonna make my bed skinnier i don't need a the width of a twin yeah really that's interesting i wish i had made my bed bigger really yeah just because I, I don't know like... i just feel like i'm not ne- i mean when i'm in the van i'm on it in it but i feel like i'm never in my van really well yeah that's why it's like yeah. for me at least the bed is well two reasons one the bed is what I use the most. And mm-hmm. so I wish I didn't have to sleep diagonally. Oh, and yeah. then two, because I have to sleep diagonally, there's no way really to fit two people. Yeah. And I would love to be able to fit two people in my bed. Oh, I see. You know, just to, <laughs> just to give me the option yeah. of having a relationship and sure. can travel around. Yeah, that's Not fair. that that's anything that's actually going to happen, but, yeah. you know, it would be nice to at least feel like that could be a possibility. Yeah. Four months ago, five months ago, you mm-hmm. were the very first episode of the Van Man podcast. So not only is this episode going to sound a lot and better, I'm still its biggest fan. <laughs> oh, stop! Yeah, you are actually. I mean, there are maybe three people that I know of that listen to like Dude, every episode. Listen to every episode. Yeah. It's amazing, and you're one of them. So thank you, thank of you course. so much. Absolutely, <laughs> you get to be on the podcast. That's your reward. <laughs> um, so a lot has changed in yeah. the four months. Um, you also manifested something very I did. special. My in favorite the last part of it. I listen yeah. to that specific part of the podcast like so much. I Tell, listen to it all the time. Remind people. Okay. What did you say? So Tell us the story. Last time me and Sam were in his van talking in front of these microphones, um, he was asking me, like, what's the dream? And I said something along the lines of, well, I have my dream job basically freelancing, but I want to work with like i don't have my dream clients yet and i listed some i was like columbia north face and since that podcast i've now worked with columbia which is awesome and a dream come true for me so thanks sam for helping me manifest that you say that as you're literally wearing your columbia hat that i use in that promotion that's hilarious (laughs) yeah um what was it like working for such a big client it's interesting because it's not as uh, it's not as like personal as working with some smaller brands, which I yeah. really like that aspect. It's like you're working directly with the person that started it or, or like their brother or something that is the head of their marketing department, albeit a small marketing department. But when you work with someone like Columbia, at least in the way that I did, it was through like basically a third party marketing agency. Oh, interesting. Um, so it, it, 
I almost felt like I had to remind myself. I was like, no, I am doing this work for Columbia. It's right. just, but it felt almost a little like not fake, but I don't know, not quite what I had imagined it might be. Um, but at the same time, like at the end of the day, the work was for Columbia and that's who I was doing it for, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, kind of interesting to work through like a third party where um, I had a lot less control over um, like the variables of how the project worked essentially. So like I have to do things through their system, right? Rather right. than me like sending them a contract or whatever like I do with most um, – they're providing you with the contract. Yeah, and I have to go terms. through. I they use a a page called Influence Me or something, uh, mm-hmm. where like it lays out the campaign details and all the stuff, and I su- submit my drafts through that that they then approve and stuff like that. Oh, so interesting. Well but for a company like Columbia that I really wanted their name under my belt, is like I'm willing to do that. Yeah, of course. So yeah, yeah. No, I've I've heard that. Um, kind of across the board just especially with working with smaller businesses i mean even in my corporate day job yeah. it's sometimes a lot easier to sell to and work with big companies because they have they have a process they've done it before you yeah know, the first one it's true it and it, it times, yeah in know. some regards it was really nice because it yeah. was just like all laid out very right like they've done this a thousand times right. so yeah and they also uh in my experience bigger companies tend to balk less at the price yes smaller companies like yeah they just have to think about it so much, even if it's you know True. fifty bucks. Yeah, there was like know? no negotiation with Columbia. I yeah, sent them my like price, and they're like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, it's, it's probably cheaper than some of the other people they deal with." Probably, yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, <laughs> can you tell the story that you told me about the real, like, what happened when yes, you were actually on my for shoot that? for Columbia? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, this was because you almost died. This is one of my most near death experiences. <laughs> Um, so for anybody that doesn't know, I'm a type one diabetic. I have an insulin pump and, uh, that inserts insulin into me via something that I call a site. It basically is like this adhesive patch that goes on my leg. It has a needle in it where there's a tube. Insulin goes through the tube into my bloodstream essentially. And that's how I counteract the effects of sugar when I eat or carbohydrates. Uh, so I was hiking the middle Teton, which is where I wanted to shoot this, uh, stuff for Columbia. And I was like, man, sunrise would be great up there. Fantastic. But the middle Teton is like one of the hardest hikes in the Tetons in my, that I've done. Um, and so I started at 1am in the morning. Oh my goodness. I'm doing this by myself. Mind you, I've never done this hike before. Um, honestly, I would not recommend doing that. It's, uh. Maybe a little bit stupid, but um, I had done some research on all trails so to make sure that like I knew which way I was going and stuff. And uh, so I go on this hike, and most people say it takes them like six to seven hours to reach the top. It took me about five and a half. I was guessing it was going to take me a little bit less because usually I do take a little bit less time than I was on all trails. Right, um, and, and to clarify, I'm for doing people, this all the time. Yeah, you're exactly. You're doing this all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, you've hiked all over the Tetons, so this wasn't yes. like you just being stupid and hiking the Middle Teton. Yeah, with like nothing. Was, yeah, pretty familiar with the area and stuff like that. So, um, I'm hiking this trail. I get up maybe like two to three hundred yards from getting to the top of the Middle Teton, and I was so tired. Like this is a brutal hike. Probably one of the more brutal ones that I've ever done in my life. Um, 
I think the last two miles is 4,000 feet of gain. Oh, my goodness. Which is insane. And it's all boulder fields, so you're just, like, clamoring over rock. It's crazy. Um, But I get up there, and my sight, which I mentioned previously, ripped out of my leg because my cord that the insulin goes through got caught on something. And that's bad because now I have no way to put insulin into my body. And I had just been eating snacks like all the way up because I got to like have fuel to get up there. And uh, so I was like, oh, great. This is not good because I'm 6,000 feet above my car right now. Right. And that's where I have the supplies that I need to replace and basically save myself from the symptoms that are going to happen here soon. Um, so, but I still had to like, I had to shoot the Columbia stuff. Like I hiked all the way up there. I'm not going to like turn around now. Yeah. It's so, Columbia shoot. So, yeah. Yeah. Like literally a dream. And so I got up there, I shot my Columbia stuff as fast as possible. I'm pretty proud of like what I did for how bad of a state I was in, honestly. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, I there's a little piece in my site that unplugs like for when I shower and stuff so I don't have to wear my pump my insulin pump on me. And uh the piece has like these plastic prongs on it, then in the middle of the plastic prongs there's a little metal needle that goes into the the site that's on my body, like the adhesive piece. And uh I was like, well, maybe if I break those prongs off, I can stick that tiny little it's a really short needle into like a vein like in my leg and get some insulin in me so I can make it down this mountain. So that's what I did. I used like these rocks at the top of the middle of Teton. I broke off these plastic prongs so just the metal needle in the middle was still there. And it's so short and I knew that like it would be ideal if it was longer because like a short needle like that, you really need to get the insulin under the skin. And so I jabbed it into, I like found a vein in my thigh and I jabbed it in as hard as I possibly could and like held it in there. And I put insulin, like I, I put insulin in through my pump and I got like a little bit. It definitely saved my life that day. Like if I didn't Holy do that, I think I would have passed out on the trail. Is that for you, is that like an immediate relief? Like do you no, feel a no, lot of it's, insulin? No, it's not immediate. It takes time. So it was more of like a preventative thing, like just to keep my blood down just a little bit longer essentially. Um, right. So I could make it down and get to my van where I had more supplies. Okay. And the other the other awful kind of side oh. of this story oh, is God. at the top I call my mom because oh, I'm like I yeah but I like what are you gonna what do? else am I gonna yeah, do yeah, like I know it's right awful yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't want to put my mom through that but also like someone needs to know and I trust my mom more than anybody in this world basically so uh, I call my mom and I'm like mom <laughs> if I don't call you in like six to seven hours because I knew that was probably about when I was gonna get service again. I was like, you need to call search and rescue and send them up this trail because I will be passed out on the side. Um, and she was like, well, that's not what I want to hear, but thanks, I guess, for letting me know. <laughs> and uh, so luckily I was able to make it down from that mountain. I think it took me about seven and a half, eight hours, somewhere around there. Uh, and I was just like, I looked like a zombie on the way down, I'm sure. And uh, got to my van put in a site, fell asleep on my bed with my door open for everybody at the trailhead to see. And I was asleep for like two hours there, I think, until my blood finally got up, or finally got down, excuse me. So, yeah, huh. crazy experience. <laughs> That's but, so scary. And Columbia people don't know that, I don't think. So you're welcome. I put a lot of work in for that. <laughs> <laughs> you almost died for that. Oh, my goodness. 
Uh, is that the first time anything has ha- like diabetic related happened to you while hiking or doing? Something? Uh, no, not really. But usually, I'm more prepared for a situation like that. Usually, I have like an extra site in my bag that I I could just put in right at the top of right. the middle, and it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, but for some reason, I had I had forgotten that day. Probably because I started at one a.m. and I hadn't slept the night before, so. Probably that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe something to do with that. That's crazy. That's a, yeah. that's a, do you, I've always kind of wondered this. I mean, kind of broad question, but uh, do you have any advice for people who are diabetic who are trying to get outdoors more mm. often and that's kind of stopping them from or preventing them from going outdoors or being active? That's a great question. And that um, might be a little bit broad because I know there are different types of diabetes and people yeah. are going to be in different situations. Well, for people that are type 1 like me, I think big thing is letting people know where you're going. Like a lot of people knew where I was going that day, so like people would have known if I had if something bad would have happened. Um also the reason I called my mom, like having people in the know about your plans right. is really important. And I think it gives a little bit of peace of mind too because you know someone is thinking about you in case something happens. Um, the other thing is just like be prepared, take supplies with you. That's the biggest. I'd say that's huge. So like the big worries about hiking, being diabetic are if your blood's going to get low because you're doing a lot of physical exertion, which tends to bring your blood sugar down. Um, you don't want to be low on a trail either. So having extra snacks like sugar stuff, I usually take like the trolley gummy worms. That's usually my go to. Yeah. Which are good, like, good, like, give you a good spike of energy anyways on a trail, so, and they're great for getting your blood sugar up, so, usually I take those, um, and then also having extra supplies is important. Yeah, that's, it's, I'm glad to hear that that actually fits along with just hiking alone in general. Yeah. Right, like, when I hike alone, I always, you know, write a note on my car and leave it there just in case a ranger sees my car, and it's, you know, two in the morning, they know that some dude was planning on getting back at 4 p.m., you know, or having friends to call that, hey, if you don't hear from me by, you know, X hour, yeah. this is my plan. If I, if you don't hear from me, you need to call Rangers or something like that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how you prevent yourself from being under a boulder for, what is it, 100, 127. 120, yeah, 127 yep. hours. Been in that canyon. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, I, I'm going to say this just because we're already on the topic. Mm-hmm. I love, hate that story because that is a heroic story and yeah. perseverance and fighting to the end. 100% preventable situation yep. if you had followed, yeah. like, standard. And I think everybody kind of agrees on that. Yeah, But definitely. still an incredible story. Yeah. Totally preventable. <laughs> um, I, mean, I still can't believe you almost died. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. That's oh, just gosh. absolutely nuts. Um, so you were working with your, your dream clients now. Um, one of the things that people might also notice is that your page itself has grown, like your own personal brand has grown a lot. And that's, that was the thing that I noticed because, um, in our first episode, when we recorded, I made a joke, something like, oh yeah, you and your 20,000 followers. (laughs) And at that time you had maybe 13,000 or something. No, I had 11. You had 11. Was that 11.7? I remember specifically (laughs) (laughs) because I jumped up to like 16 that week. Yeah, no, literally, yeah, it, was, it was right after. I think we recorded, and then it took me three weeks to actually get the episode out. Mm. And in that three weeks, you were at 20,000. Yeah. Like, I think you were at 22 by the time the episode actually went out. Yep. And I now you're, you're at... 26 and a half or something like that. Yep. Right around there. What has, how has your, like, how, the way you treat Instagram or the way you treat your following, how has that changed between 10 and 25K? It's a good question. Um, 
Honestly, I still think like uh, the mental image of social media in my brain, especially of Instagram and like how I interact with it is still very much the same, mm. which I think is a good thing. Like, uh, like I want to be myself on Instagram and I think, um, some, not all, but some of the success I see on social media comes from that and just being like a consistent person, personality, I guess. Right. Um, which, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do think like occasionally I have the thought like, wow, there's a lot of people doing this stuff. The other day I was actually looking, uh, at, I was like, I wanted to visualize like how many people are following me on social media and people that follow you and like that see your stuff is very different. Right. Right. So like, I mean, my posts might get like six or 700 likes or something like that, or my reels might get like 10,000 views, but that's like right. not my whole following. So it's, uh, it's weird to think about, but, um, I was like, if all of my followers were in one place and like all my followers on social media in general, I was like, I wonder what that would look like. And I have like about 70,000 on TikTok. I have like 26 on oh, wow. Instagram. So like almost a hundred thousand people getting pretty close there. And I was like, what would that look like? And so I found like this website that visualized it. And, uh, there's some stadium in the UK for like a soccer match that like if, Everybody that followed me on social media, it would fill that, which is insane Whoa. to think about. Yeah. That's crazy. Really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, even if, even if, you know, only 600 people actually like a reel or whatever, it's crazy to think that at one point in time, there were, someone was thinking, there was like, somebody that was thinking that's about worth you it. and intended I'll to follow. follow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Kind of cool. That, that, that is good. really cool. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good. But also intimidating. It. Like a lot of people see my stuff that I have no idea. I've no concept of who concept they are. of who they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I just have no idea. Do you think you have an arch nemesis out there? Just one I don't of them. Know. Just I do hates think you. I do think about that sometimes. <laughs> and like, there's got to be people that are just like. I mean, occasionally you get like hate comments or whatever on videos yeah. or reels and it's like man i don't know why this person doesn't like me <laughs> yeah, but they really don't <laughs> i don't know what are you posting that what, i know it seems weird like pulling? posting adventure stuff like who has a problem with that but yeah huh, people that's do so interesting um just on the topic of social media um what what like advice do you give to give advice to me you know okay 700 followers who you know i've I've never done content before. I've never had an interest in doing content. So all the people that follow me are people that I actually know that I've just met in person. Yeah. So now here I am. I'm creating reels. I have this podcast. How do I or people like me get to where you are? It's such a hard question to answer because a lot of times I feel like I don't know myself. For sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, because social media is such a weird game. Um I think the biggest thing that I have to say about that is being consistent. It's like probably the hardest thing about social media, but also can be the most rewarding. Um, it's like, I, I mean, I took that like little month break that I talked about when I first moved to Jackson where I wasn't posting real a day. But like after that, I've been very consistent about posting reels. I post like at least five or six reels a week. Um, still now. And, uh, and that's not always like you're not always going to see immediate benefits from that, obviously. Um, but I think this goes and something we talked about last time we were on this podcast was that the harder you work and like the more consistency that you have, it just creates more opportunity. 
So I think that's the big thing about consistency on social media is that the more you're putting out there, the more opportunity you're giving social media to grab that and for it to blow up, um, which is where you're going to see growth from. Um, And I think that's why like my consistency has done me well on social media is because I've given social media more opportunity to help me out. Yeah, the, the I'm I'm laughing to myself because in my mind I'm thinking even a blind squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, I just, exactly. I, maybe I'm just a blind squirrel, mm-hmm. you know. But I think you're right. You know, we did talk about in the last episode, and I listened to that in preparation for this one. But mm-hmm. it's it's very much that. Uh, what did I say? Uh, perseverance and something. Yeah, equals <laughs> I don't even remember what the yeah, quote yeah, is, but like I, everybody's heard it. It's you know really just being consistent right. is what matters. You yep. just got to do it it's over true. and over and over again. Yeah. Oh, I uh, yeah. I and do that. it, but do it in a way that you love. Like, yeah. I'm. I mean, I make reels that I'm like, this is cool. Like, <laughs> I watch my own reels so much; it's kind of dumb. But like, I'm like, this is a really cool video. Yeah. I want to share this with people. No, oh, yeah. So and you do, do it in a way that, that you like, really like. Incredible. Like, thanks. I don't know. Um, my favorite now, <laughs> the dancing uh, one. <laughs> no, oh, gosh, oh, the dancing one is really good. Okay. But I think the one that's like, oh, that one deserves to blow up is the. Uh, center pose one. Oh yeah that one was cool yeah oh. yeah i like that one a lot so and we talked about again kind of a topic we talked about before but how did that one that one was really cool you and i both love that i think yep. a lot of your friends love that one how did it perform um it was like just above average like it didn't so it didn't blow up but so there's there's this weird thing where um there's reels that i put a lot of work into like that one that one took me like probably five hours to make or something like that. And there's reels like that where I put so much effort into it. And that shows, especially to the people that are like interacting with my page fairly frequently Mm -hmm. that and are like friends of mine and it performs well amongst that group. Um, So it might perform a little bit better than just like my average reel because everybody that's around all the time is going to interact with it a little bit more. Right. But it's different from, like, when I have a real blow-up, it's usually not one that I put major, major work into. It's usually one that's, like, following a trend and I happen to hit it at the right time. And it may have been a lazy oh, one. interesting. Which yeah. is kind of, like, a little bit unfortunate. But there is payoffs to, like, putting a lot of work into a reel that you love um, amongst your, your right. existing fan base, I guess. Yeah, speaking of just the people that I saw comment on that one, I recognize a lot of the names, and they're Utah photographers. Yeah. And this is the bonus episode of the Utah Photographers. Yes, sir. Have you liked my little six oh, photographers dude, project? I loved it. I think it's so cool. Um, I just, I really love the community here. Uh, pulled me back from Jackson, at least for now. Because, um, yeah, I just have so many friends here that are awesome to connect with. And there's something special about sharing passion with people. So, yeah, a couple, a couple of those people were. 100% you connecting me with photographers yeah. that you were like, oh, got to get Miss Mahela on here, you know, <laughs> yeah, and you already knew Brandon, you, you know, you obviously knew Sarah, like, yeah. these are people that you're, these are your people. Yeah. Like, you yeah. were the one who suggested them. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who he suggested and didn't DM me back, I will hunt you down. <laughs> I will find you. You know who you are. <laughs> no, they were always, uh, no, every photographer that I've messaged is super nice and, yeah. and it's so cool. This is, it's like it it's your cool. people and i'm so glad that, that you're doing this bonus episode with me i think it's really fun we've talked a little bit about this but i want to take it back even farther past when you had eleven thousand followers way back okay. to the beginning 
tons of things have changed in your life since you yeah. first started photography. I mean, that was what, like 10 years ago now or something, something like eight years ago. Like five. <laughs> what? No, you didn't you start in like high school? No, not until God, after I graduated. God, how young are you? Gee. 24. 24. Oh, started when I was 19. Why do I always think that you started when you were like 16 or something? Yeah, it's basically been five years, almost to the month. Well, congrats. Thanks. Yeah, happy five-year anniversary. Hey, yo. Also, happy birthday. Thanks. From last week, if, Thank you. if everybody didn't know. Um, okay, so five years. Gosh, fine, whatever. We'll take five years. It's <laughs> funny. The same thing happened in your other. Episode. It was Brad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, so you've been taking. He He's actually, like, it was the exact same thing. I was like, yeah. what? Are, you've been taking pictures for ten, eight years. He said, let's go with five. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that's hilarious. Me? The most annoying one, though, and I, I, I shouldn't call it annoying, but Chandler's only been taking photos because he's so for good. Two years. Yeah. he's incredible. Yeah. Like, I don't even know photography, <laughs> no, and awesome. I look I at his him. photos, and I'm like, he really knows how to edit a photo well. Yeah, like, does. his edits are incredible. Yeah, he's very good at that. Oh, my goodness. Ah, gosh, freaking Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, man. You're great. Um, okay, so going back five years ago, how has photography changed you in your life or your outlook on life? I think... Uh... Man, I talk about this so much, and I'm sorry to sound like a broken record, but uh, it's I it's just made me love people. I really like people a lot. I love I love the phrase. It's not what you know; it's who you know. Yeah, um, that has got me to where I am today, 100. Um, percent And photography is kind of like the vessel that connects me to people. Uh, it gives me something to talk to them about. It gives them something to be like interested in me for. Um, and I just, I just love that power of connection that photography has brought to my life. And I mean, this might like now I'm a very extroverted person. I love, love talking to people. I love getting outside of my comfort zone. Um, but like back in high school, like before my senior year, I was so shy. I never thought I would be like the kind of person that would like say hi to everyone that I meet kind of thing. Um, and so that's very different from what I kind of pictured in my future. Um, and I think photography has had a large role in that. Yeah, that's so wild to think about. Because I look back on, I don't know, five years ago, ten years ago, eight years ago. And I think, sure. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten, I when I reflect on my own personal life, I think of how, I guess, introverted I've gotten. You know, mm. like I've always been an extreme extrovert and I would never describe myself as a shy person when I was, yeah. you know, 19, 20, hell sure. no. But then, you know, but you spend more time around people than I do, <laughs> you know, like I'm still extroverted when I go to like the coffee shop and stuff, but right. it's just interesting to see how, how much people yeah. can change over that time. That well, and I love that, that too, because everybody is like so unique on their take on life and yeah. like that's special. I, this is so funny because I had a comment on my reel the other day and it was, uh, I posted this reel about like, um, what is your story going to look like? basically. Yeah. Um, I actually really like that reel. It's doing very well. Um, but this guy commented and he was like, honestly, in the end, it doesn't matter. We're all just people like you shouldn't like, don't be acting like the main character or whatever. Um, which I like, I had a hard time with because that is kind of my thing. Like I love making main character shots and people look like the main character, including myself. And, uh, and I think that's so cool because everybody has a different story. And uh, I thought that comment was 
I didn't like it because it was taking that away from people. Even himself. Like, he has a story completely different to mine. Like, we're both humans. Yeah. But you're living a completely different life than I am. Yeah. And there's something cool about that somewhere. Yeah. So no, I, uh, I, I think that needs to be valued. I 100% agree with you. And I... um that's a big reason why I have the podcast. Yes, exactly. And why I do it, even though, like, I don't really care if there are 10 people who listen or three people who listen to every episode, you know, yeah. it's, it's very much like the, the original idea came from the fact that I would tell people, oh, I live in a van. Oh, that's so cool. That's my dream. I wish I was living in a van. Da, da, da. And it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. If, it, if it was your dream, if it was your life, you'd be doing it. Yeah. You know, and like, so there, and also Fan life isn't really that great in a lot of ways, <laughs> as you know, you know, yeah. but I just thought about it and I was like, if only I could show you the people that I know, like you think my life is a dream, but you don't know the people like Taylor Dalton, you know, mm. like the people like Michael Nixon and Miss Mahala and all these people who are doing sure. really incredible things that also, by the way, I don't want to do. Right. Like, I don't want to be a photographer. I don't want a, your life. I want my yeah. life. Yeah. But your life is incredible. It's yeah. so cool. And I yeah. think that with... Hopefully, I can continue that with everybody yes. that I interview because I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, amen. Yeah, everybody has a little bit different way of living their life. Hundred oh. percent. <sighs> so invigorated, so passionate. I think that's a really great reflection on your past and your history. Um, looking forward mm-hmm. into the future. Um, I don't know what's the, what's the next chapter. What does winter look like? What does you know twenty twenty three look like for you? Yeah, oh, good question. Um, I'm really, uh, man. I'm just trying to basically grind away. And my big goal for like this next year is I want to travel more internationally. Like I haven't really done very much of that, which I feel like is holding me back a lot because, um, like, as good of a photographer as you can be. Like, you come to a point where, uh, well, not necessarily a point, but it's a moving point, I guess. Um, but, like, I've captured a lot of Utah. There's still a ton more that I can capture, but I also, there's so much else out there that I want to see and capture as well. And I think that reaches a different audience, too, and so I can expand that part of my part of my life is the, the people following me. So um, that's my biggest goal is being able to travel and open that up. Have you ever traveled internationally? I've been to Canada and Mexico. That counts. That's it. Everybody thinks that it doesn't count because they're right next door. It counts, but... It totally counts. Just, and also it was when I was like 10. Oh, it doesn't count. 11. I take it away. Uh, I take my place <laughs> No, it, it wasn't like you were traveling there as a photographer. Yes, Because you've exactly. only been doing photography for five years. That's <laughs> right. what we know. Right. <laughs> That's... No, I think that'd be really cool. I can't wait yeah. to see you go to Patagonia and no. the incredible photos that you Man. take away from there. That'd I be so wait. cool. Do you want to manifest any uh, other oh, yeah. perfect clients? We've still oh, got North dude. Face. No, you know who I really in. want to work with? Who? Man, I've shot so much Ford Bronco content, <laughs> and I love Ford Broncos. I'm going to say Ford a lot here. Ford, Ford. <laughs> <laughs> They'll hear um, us. <laughs> no, I have really been getting into like automotive stuff. I love, I love it. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It's just kind of a new kind of genre that I've been shooting recently and it's so yeah. much fun. And I would love to work with a brand like that, like Ford or Toyota, you know, just any of them. Yeah. Any of the ones that do cool outdoor stuff, Subaru. Yeah. It'd be cool too. That'd be cool. 
that'd be really sweet. Um, I do have one last question, and I, this isn't nearly as deep or as touching as some <laughs> of the others that we've touched on. But I, I asked this in a couple of the other episodes, and I know mm-hmm. you've heard answers to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really curious to see what you say. Do you feel like photographers in Utah, do you feel like it's an oversaturated market? It's a hard question to answer mainly because it's like there's so yeah there's so many of us um but I don't I don't want to say yes because I would never want to um be someone that hinders someone's like dream of becoming a photographer if they live in Utah they're like oh maybe I should stay out of it because TD and all these other photographers said it's too saturated like you got no shot which I don't think is true um like I want people to um embrace what they're passionate about and if that happens to be photography and if you happen to be in utah i say go for it um because at the end of the day it's like it's what you want and go grab it so that's my yeah. my opinion on that so uh, i 100 percent agree there's a ton of us yes but i say go for it yeah i mean even if you say it's oversaturated i think i mean if there was an 18 year old or a 19 year old with their brand new camera or their camera that they this used junky camera that I just got off of Facebook marketplace and they come up to you and they were genuinely excited to take photos and really wanted to learn. How could you possibly say no to that? Yeah. No, there's just no way, you know, like, please. And the other thing too, is like, if you, if for some reason you do feel like you're kind of getting into a space where there's just too much, like make your own space, make something unique, do something that's you and that you enjoy. And there, there's room for that. Love it. Thanks, man. Thanks <laughs> so much for coming Thank back you. on the podcast. You're incredible. It fun. It's, um, it's cool to have you on after so many months. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a good reflection for me with the podcast. And it's fun reflecting sure. with you on your summer and where you are now. We're in your Columbia hat and your Jackson Hole <laughs> uh, So thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you.